0: You're listening to the Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. We come alive as a we are filled with the Living Word. a have so we can fully rest in your truth.
1: Acacia yeah, yeah. would tell a parable. He would say, if you're going to build a tower, sit down and see if you got enough to build it before you start building. If you're going to go against an army, check out if you got enough to win the battle. In other words, don't just make this an impulsive, emotional decision. It's going to cost you. There is sacrifice. There's self-denial. But if you read the whole story, it's worth it in the
0: end. We need to count the cost of following Jesus, just like he counted the cost of the cross when he came to save us. He knew that the cross was coming and yet was willing to pay that price. We don't know where following Jesus will lead us, but we can know that there is a price to following the one who went to the cross for us. Just like Jesus, we can also look at the reward at the end. And Pastor Danny reminds us today that it's so worth it. Whatever it costs us here on earth is nothing compared to the glory of forever. Now here's Pastor Danny in the Book of Revelation, Chapter 13, with today's edition of The Living Word. To every nation
1: Revelation, chapter thirteen. Chapter twelve, we see allegory. Allegory is when there's a symbol or something that represents something else. You have a woman. The woman is Israel. The woman has a child. That's Christ. You have a dragon. We know from Revelation chapter twenty, verse two, the dragon is. Let me read it for you. Revelation twenty-two that ancient serpent who is the devil or Satan. So the dragon is allegorical, but the Bible tells us it's allegorical. That keeps us founded on truth and not going with all these crazy things. Well, I think it means this. Well, you can think it means that unless it says something else. And we want to make sure we're letting the Bible interpret the Bible so we get it right. The things that are unclear, he's going to show us one day. All right. But what's clear, chapter 12, the woman is Israel, the child is Christ, the dragon is Satan. It's in the great tribulation yet to come, seven-year period. The dragon, the devil, is angry because God is supernaturally providing for Israel. And when he can't get to Israel, he gets mad. And the last verse of chapter 12, then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, her offspring by faith those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Now, my belief is when this happens, the rapture has already taken place. I know there are people that have a different view. There's the pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. There's the pre-wrath. There's the pan-trib. It'll all pan out in the end. I believe the rapture has already taken place. But, you know, if I'm right, still people are getting saved During this tribulation period, we saw that in Revelation chapter 7. Israel is being purged in one day during that seven-year period. All the Jewish people will be saved. The Bible tells us that. But there'll be great suffering during that purging. There's a Gentile multitude that is saved, Revelation chapter 7. But even if we're not here during that day, my theology is right, the church is gone, but people are still getting saved during that seven-year period... It's going to be a great challenge to live for Christ in this coming day. But it's a great challenge to live for Christ in our day. And so there are things here that we need to hear. Verse 1, chapter 13, And the dragon stood on the shore of the sea. The dragon is Satan. The sea here is not the literal sea. How do we know that? Revelation, chapter 17, Verse 15, the waters you saw where the prostitute sits are people's, multitudes, nations, and languages. These, chapter 13, the sea, are people's, multitudes, nations, and languages. The dragon is standing. He's looking out over the world. He's looking at nations, people's, languages. And notice what happens. And I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, the world. He had 10 horns, 7 heads, with 10 crowns on his horns. And on each head, a blasphemous name. We know from history the blasphemous name has to do with world leaders that set themselves up, if you will, as God's little g in this world. Their whole thing is power and what the world has to offer. That's what's happening here. This is a 10-nation confederation Yet to be assembled, but will be assembled, with leaders who are satanically inspired and driven. Revelation chapter 17 and verse 12. The 10 horns you saw are 10 kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but who for one hour, that's not a literal hour, that's a short amount of time, will receive authority as kings along with The beast. Now, we got to go slow in this first part. Pay attention. The beast here, the dragon and the beast that comes up out of the sea, the Ten Nation Confederation, is the same Ten Nation Confederation that Daniel sees back in the Old Testament. As God gives Daniel revelation about the end times, just like he gave John in the book of Revelation. So pause just for a minute. We're coming right back to Revelation, but go with me to Daniel chapter seven. Keep a marker there in Revelation because I'm gonna read one little section of Revelation before we read from Daniel chapter seven. If you got Daniel seven, you got a marker where you can turn back to Revelation 13 Got it? Just like that. That's how it works. (laughs) Revelation 13, verse 2, just the first part. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. Daniel 7. Some of you are not with me. Do I have to embarrass you? (laughs) Verse 2. Daniel said, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me were the four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. People's, nations, languages. Four great beasts, each different from the other, came up out of the sea, the world. The first was like a lion, and it had wings of an eagle. I watched until its wings were torn off And it was lifted from the ground so that it stood on two feet like a man, and the heart of a man was given to it. This is ancient Babylon. Let me give you the history briefly. The lion is the king of the beast. The eagle is the king of the fowls, if you will, signifying Babylon's superiority over other nations in her day. Winged lions were practically the national symbol of ancient Babylon. Sculptures of huge wooden lions stood at the entrance of Babylon's palaces. The wings are torn off, stood up like a man, given the heart of a man. If you read in Daniel chapter four, you have ancient King Nebuchadnezzar, king of ancient Babylon. He gives his testimony. He looks out over Babylon and says, "'Is this not the great Babylon which I have built "'by my great power for my majesty and glory.'" He's presenting himself as a god. But he's not a god, he's a man. And God shows him how much of a man he is because God, through Daniel, prophesies what's gonna happen to Nebuchadnezzar. Initially, he doesn't listen, but when the prophecy begins to come true, Later on, he pays attention. He goes insane. For seven years, he lives in the woods like a wild animal. At the end of the seven years, Daniel chapter 4 tells us, he acknowledged the God of heaven that he does as he pleases. He raises up and he takes down. He exalts and he de-exalts. And Nebuchadnezzar begins now to honor the true God, which he's not. He's the lion, ancient Babylon. And the wings torn off is God humbling him. Daniel chapter seven, verse five. And there before me was a second beast, which looked like a bear. It was raised up on one of its sides and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. It was told, get up, eat your fill of flesh. This is ancient Medo-Persia. Let me give you the history. Raised on one of its sides, signifying Persia's dominance of the Medes. Three ribs in its mouth. History records ancient Medo-Persia had three major conquests. Lydian Empire, Asia Minor, 546 B.C. Chaldean Empire, 539 B.C. Egyptian Empire, 527, 525 B.C. Just as a bear is more massive but slower than a lion, Medo-Persia became larger than Babylon as a kingdom but slower in conquest. As a matter of fact, Medo-Persia's army was much larger, but it was slower moving. This is ancient Medo-Persia. Verse 6, Daniel 7. After that, I looked, and there before me was another beast, one that looked like a leopard. And on its back, it had four wings, like those of a bird. The beast had four heads, and it was given authority to rule Now, a leopard's already fast, but you put wings on him, and he's really fast. This is Alexander the Great and Greece. Alexander conquered the then-known world faster than any other army in history at that time. 11,000 miles plus in just seven years, and in that day, that's amazing. From Greece in the west of India to India in the east, And after Alexander died, and he died as a young man, anybody know what happened? His kingdom, which was vast, was divided up to his four generals. On its back, it had four wings like those of a bird. The beast had four heads, and it was given authority. Alexander, ancient Greece. But now we come to verse 7, Daniel chapter 7. And after that, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was another beast, a fourth beast, Terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth. It crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. Rome developed iron weaponry. And if you know anything about history, the iron weaponry that Rome had, they crushed and devoured anybody that stood in their way. Nobody's able to stand against them. The fourth beast is the most interesting because it resembles ancient Rome, but it's not ancient Rome. How do I know that? You just keep reading. It was different from all the former beasts and it had 10 horns, Revelation 13. While I was thinking about the horns there before me was another horn, a little one which came up among them and three of the first horns were uprooted before it, 10 horns, seven heads. The horn had eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth that spoke boastfully. Trust me, this is Antichrist who is the ruler of the ten-nation confederation yet to be assembled. And if you keep reading the rest of the chapter, what's absolutely clear, verse 23, he gave me this explanation, Daniel says, the fourth beast is the fourth kingdom that will appear on earth. It'll be different from all the other kingdoms. And will devour the whole earth, trampling it down and crushing it. The ten horns are ten kings who will come from this kingdom. After them, another king will arise, different from the earlier ones. He'll subdue three kings, seven heads. He'll speak against the Most High, oppress the saints, try to change the set times and the laws. The saints will be handed over to him for a time, times, and a half a time, or for three and a half years. Same exact thing that Daniel sees is the same exact thing that John sees in Revelation chapter 13. And we know it cannot be ancient Rome, though it resembles ancient Rome, because this fourth kingdom appears just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's a revived Roman Empire Yet to come upon the scene, Antichrist will be the main leader of the 10 nation confederation. Understanding that, we go back to Revelation 13. The last half of verse 2 fascinating the dragon we know as Satan gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. Pause again. Jesus tempted in the wilderness. one of the temptation one of the temptations Satan used is he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. and he said, "All these I'll give you, you just have to bow down and worship me." Now folks, that is not a real temptation unless Satan can come through with his promise if Jesus will just bow and worship Him. A coming day when Satan will so work through men that he will inspire Empower this confederation of nations. Antichrist at the head. It gets even more interesting. Revelation thirteen verse three. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was astonished and followed the beast. Men worshiped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast, and they also worshiped the beast and asked. Who's like the beast? Who can make war against him? The military might of this coming confederation of nations led by the Antichrist is going to be like something the world has never seen. People are going to be in awe. But what's especially interesting is verse 3. One of the heads of the beast, that's Antichrist, seemed to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. Let me leave you with this, and we'll come back to it at the end. If you're still awake, you'll get it. This is a false resurrection. This is Antichrist appearing to have died and resurrected. It's a false resurrection. Verse 5, Revelation 13, The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months, three and a half years. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. He was given power. I don't like that, but it is what it is. He was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. That's exactly what God told Daniel will happen for three and a half years. Those who are getting saved, those in this coming day who are committing their lives to Christ will have a high price to pay for their faithfulness. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. And then verse 9, he who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword he will be killed. What in the world does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means that God is not trying to trick anybody that would commit their life to him. Even in this coming day, for those that will commit their lives to Christ, he's letting them know there's going to be great cost. You may be captured. You may be in prison. You may have to give your life. Well, wait a minute. That doesn't just happen in regard to the great tribulation. If you know anything about your New Testament... The Gospels, the words of Jesus, he would turn often as great multitudes are following him, and he would turn and he would say, you cannot be my disciple unless you deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. You're going to have to say no to the world. You're going to have to say no to your flesh. You're going to have to say no to to the devil. There's a cost involved. And you can't be a disciple without a willingness to pay the price. Jesus, on one occasion, would tell a, would tell a parable. And he would say, if you're going to build a tower, sit down and see if you've got enough to build it before you start building. If you're going to go against an army, check out if you've got enough to win the battle. In other words, don't just make this an impulsive emotional decision. It's going to cost you. There is sacrifice. There's self-denial. But if you read the whole story, it's worth it in the end. This calls for patient endurance, faithfulness on the part of the saints. Now, even notice this is heavy stuff. Man, I love biblical prophecy. And I'm telling you, you just can't read the next section and not go, yeah, I want to know this stuff. Because notice what happens. Revelation chapter 13, verse 11. Then I saw another beast. Wow! You thought the first one wasn't enough. And another beast! The movie just keeps getting better. Coming up out of the earth. This was not out of the sea. Why is this one not out of the sea? Because out of the sea, it's a ten-nation confederation, different peoples, languages, cultures, amassed together under the Antichrist. He becomes the world ruler. And now... There's another beast coming up out of the earth. That just tells us it's not a confederation of nations. This is a person. This is a person. He had two horns like a lamb, but he is deceiving. But he spoke like a dragon, satanic. He exercised all the authority of the first beast on his behalf, and he made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. And he performed great miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of men. Because of the signs he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth. And then this is fascinating. He ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the beast to be killed. I don't know if it's a hologram. I don't know what it is. But it's some image. It's real. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand, or on his forehead. Now we're getting interesting. Everybody likes this part of the book of Revelation. (laughs) So that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. The mark of the beast. What is it? Well, he tells us. That's the last verse. You ready for the last verse? Here it is. This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast. For it is man's number. If you like marking in your Bible, you want to mark that. It is man's number. I think that's important. And now we have the number. His number is six, six, six. Thank you for a good Bible study. Lord, I pray that you'd help us now to recognize the 666 mark of the beast and to live in light of it. In Jesus' name, amen. See you guys later. (laughs) Have a good day. Now you know. There it is right there in one verse, 666. And People get that and I've had people totally serious. They're totally serious. Lady came to me after last service. True story. Lady came to me after last service. She got a new phone, new phone number. She got three sixes in her phone number. Ah! Throw the phone away.
0: Thanks for joining us today to study the book of Revelation right here on The Living Word. You can check out more of Pastor Danny's teachings throughout the Bible at our website, ccfstpete.church. Once you're there, just look under the Media tab and click on Sermons. We would also like to encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on the latest videos. If you have any questions or would simply like to talk with us, please send us an email Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that email address is info at ccfstpete.church. Be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you when you send us that email. In addition to that, we would love to meet you in person. So if you're ever in the St. Petersburg area, feel free to join us for our weekly church services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Check out our website for service times and all the information you need to join us. We're also live streaming our services for those who are staying at home or live further away. So please don't let proximity to our campus stop you from worshiping with us. You can find out more on our website. Once more, that was ccfstpete.church. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But be sure to join Pastor Danny again next time for more from the book of Revelation right here on The Living Word.